0: Hello oh, and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show! It's finally Halloween month, and we are going to do some scary things, like talk about should you put comments in your code.
1: Yeah.
2: I think we've talked about much more scary things. Yeah, probably. Like, date time. Anyway, I'm Chris. I'm Creston.
0: And tonight we answer the question, should you comment your code? Uh, but first, what'd you do this week?
2: So did some refactoring in my payment gateway implementations in my application. So basically, it speaks to a couple of different payment gateways based upon what customers want. Just did some refactoring for a particular, particular one. Um, on the consulting front, I helped helping a client try to figure out how to downsize the server they're using for their database, uh, trying to implement that and find a way for them to do that. Uh, Discussed some schema changes for another client that could help them increase the throughput of their, uh, how they were using the table. So for example, they had like a big JSON field they were storing a lot of information in and it's having an impact on transactional throughput. And so basically if you remove some of that and put it in their own columns because of how it would get updated, basically they put a lot of information in a single row. Mm-hmm. And if you need to up, we're using the JSON B field that's available, You know, the JSON data type that's available. Yeah. So I said, well, you know, if you actually broke this out into multiple rows, now there's disadvantages to that because now you have to, if you're gonna select something, if you have all your data in one row, you're gonna select it super fast. Mm -hmm. But it's gonna be harder to say, update that field. Because again, with Postgres, when you do an update, it actually creates a second row. And if you do another update, it creates another row. This is all internally. You don't see these rows, but The reason they do it is for visibility of anyone else connected to the system. That's it's you know concurrency control. It just maintains those other rows. So if you're updating a lot, because you have a lot of data in this JSON B field, you're gonna get, you know, a lot of rows generated. And you could potentially hit locking issues of multiple things or trying to update it at once. If you have a lot of data in one row that needs to be updated here or there, you know, you're gonna potentially have lock contention.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But if you break it up into multiple, and then you know if you're doing storing any kind of history in there, like for example, do things by date, then that one row, if for all time is going to constantly be updated. Whereas if you're able to break it down to different rows, say by time period, like per year, well now, if you're in the current year, that's the only row that's gonna be updated. You don't have to touch all that other data in the table when you do an update. Right. Those are independent rows and won't be touched. So you're minimizing the amount of data you have to move around and the size of the rows will be smaller. Mm-hmm. So basically talking through refactoring the schema to make you know things more efficient uh, from a update perspective. But as I said, it would take a slight hit on the query perspective because not everything's going to be in one row anymore. Yep. So that's, that that's one thing. The other thing is uh I helped a client with just some query optimizations of how best to pull data out of a database given a particular schema. So that's most that's a lot of stuff I worked on recently. Yeah, I
0: this week uh I have mostly been playing tech support guy for our biggest client. It's been it's been one of those one of those weeks where I just can't get away from the support tickets long enough to do a whole lot of programming. They're having a big rollout. So I, you know, kind of expected that to happen, but.
2: So is this like you, it's like part of your job description to do like support. So it's not like pure development or is it like programmer support or what?
0: no i will we have a support team frontline support right right that'll escalate if it gets to a point where somebody needs to be looking at code or a database or back end stuff because they can't figure out what the deal is so um i was just doing a lot of log sniffing and and network sniffing so trying to figure and,
2: out what what it, it's really bug tracing i guess add to a point but it's it, some
0: of it's a big chunk of it is pebcac problems. <laughs> Problem exists between chair and keyboard. Okay. <laughs> On the other end, you know, the client just doing goofy things and, uh, you know, not, and uh, to be fair, there are some things, yeah, clients will do goofy things, but if they're consistently doing those, you should modify your program so that they can't do those anymore.
2: Yeah, they're they were doing something that the system wasn't designed to do perhaps. Maybe <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You know, using all the undocumented features. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, there th- there are some things that came out of that. that and that's really kind of what this stuff is for. It's kind of a, a a pilot to work out all the little kinks and stuff um on both ends. You know, hey, you need some more training on this. Hey, we need to tighten up this Bit of code because you keep dorking it up, and and we didn't put enough safety nets in, and you know those kind of things. But
2: it sounds like an article I read recently, where someone was talking about they they were working at Stripe, the payments company, mm-hmm. and their API in a lot of different areas had no no bounds checking, so mm-hmm. basically people could put unlimited amounts of data in certain parts of the API, so. Suddenly they started running into all these problems and basically they're saying, okay, we need to put some reasonable limits in. And once they define what those reasonable limits were, there were still, I think hundreds plus customers that still exceeded those. So they had to come up with exceptions, you know, so the takeaway was, you know, if you have no limits or don't take into account your customers will Find those limits and exploit them. Yes,
0: for sure. And we have that a lot, too. I mean, we're... Not only was the code having to be evaluated and and rethought in some bits, but also our server architecture had to because, you know, we had anticipated this will be plenty. Turns out they decided that they needed a lot more. Um. But, yep. uh, you know, that's that's what testing is for. Um, so anyway, all right, kids, question of the week. When do you comment your code? Uh, we're going to be answering some of those questions for us tonight. We're going to talk about some things that we found out in the community, uh, their, their feedback on it, and... There are probably going to be a lot of opinion differences because I read some of the link that, that Creston put up for one of these articles and I was going, nah, I don't agree with that. That's okay. But no, I don't agree with that. So we, we may have some, and, and commenting your code is a very opinionated subject. Anyway, it's, it's entirely subjective. Um, so you know it's it's every every programmer i've run into has a little bit different opinion on you know from never comment your code to comment every line of code don't do that but and everything in between so it's it's, it's a little little goofy sometimes but anyway uh we'll we'll get into it but first let's let's have a have a look see at the live chat. Hey Andrew, uh you do it when there isn't a better alternative. Well um when is that? There's always an alternative. What what is a better alternative? Um so I'll let you start this one. Otherwise I'll get on a soapbox and never shut up.
2: All right. Well, well, I mean, so I'll first mention when I started programming, you know, there was, and this was, of course, decades ago, there was an emphasis on you should comment your code. But, you know, it's kind of like, I always kind of felt guilty kind of the way, probably not doing enough test coverage or whatever, that same kind of guilt, because I never did a lot of commenting on my code. And now my viewpoint has evolved to um, probably the fewer comments, the better, and for a number of reasons for that. Um, So my opinion is that in a lot of cases, comments just duplicates what your code is already doing, or you're trying to explain what the code does. And it's more advantageous to write the code that kind of conveys what it does. Now, I think one of the posts uh, that I included, like um, "Don't use comments, use code," has a lot of different techniques that you can use to kind of do that. Like exp- doing a good job naming methods, naming variables, things of that nature. Maybe using constants in certain cases. I think those doing the the naming right helps eliminate a lot of comments.
0: Well, and that, that's a good point. I mean, one of the things that I that drives me nuts as a programmer if I go into to somebody else's code and I see like P T equals or A equals
2: or what is that? Don't I mean if you're <laughs> And don't explain it. And the point yeah. is don't explain it by putting it in a comment. Actually don't name yeah. it that. Name it what it is. Right. Just is, I mean is... P a partition is R a room. You know what is it? Right, and it's
0: not. You know, we're not writing in COBOL anymore. Those extra few characters on a on a, a variable name don't matter from a space standpoint, but they really do matter from a code readability standpoint. Yep. So knock that crap off. Just don't do it. <laughs>
2: And the the thing it is, the thing about it is, is that you're essentially doubling, depending on how many comments you're at, you're essentially doubling your code. So you're describing the code and then you write the code. And then if you're actually doing tests, now you're essentially doing everything in triplicate.
0: So, which- (laughs) We're back to the old carbon copy forms. Yeah, I can't,
2: Ah. I can't fathom that. So, I mean, to buy, you know, so basically it means incorporating comments have a maintainability cost because if you go in and change that code, well, now your comments have to change and your tests have to change. So essentially it's a triplicate situation, right? If it's not a refactor, if it's a re- refactor, you know, essentially you shouldn't change. Maybe you change the underlying how it works, but. If it does the same thing, if if it's just a refactor, then you're not going to, you know, probably maybe have to change the tests or whatnot, but still. So now, before I get into how you should, or my opinions on when you should comment your code, do you have any, get on your soapbox for a minute and get, your, get well, some. Your well, <laughs> let's see. All right. Strap in. Um.
0: Yeah. It's it, like I said, it's a, it's a very opinionated subject. So I, I'm very minimalist when it comes to comments. When I started my career, I wasn't, but you got to remember that that's almost 25 years ago and programming languages were very different then. we didn't, there was Ruby wasn't a thing. And, you know, C sharp wasn't a thing. we, BASIC and COBOL and and just
2: bleh. Heaven forbid Assembler or whatever else. Right.
0: And there were also a lot of just bad habits that programmers had, and it wasn't easy to disseminate the information like it is today because we didn't have the internet. So, you know, you learned how to code from the guy you worked with that coded his way, but you couldn't learn to code from the entire community of people. And I mean, a little more than just one other guy, but still, it was not like having the internet. Um, so there was a lot more commenting going on. Now, in some programming languages, like especially like C or COBOL or FORTRAN, things like that, you really needed comments because you just couldn't write descriptive code. It just wasn't a language feature. So, um, and, and, you know, with some of those languages. And there
2: were also a lot of memory considerations. So, right. you know, I'm sure they needed short variables and short method names and method names and all that. Kind exactly. Of that. Everything so, had a very high cost. So, right. being terse, there were advantages to that. So,
0: it's not like this this habit of commenting code came out of nowhere. There did used to be a reason for it. There's not that much of a reason for it anymore. Now, there are places where you must comment your code, and we'll talk about some of those. But in general, if your internal code needs a lot of comments, you're just writing your code wrong. With modern, with any modern language that I've ever come across, now if you have to do that, you you probably didn't do it right.
1: Yep.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut my soapbox short, or we're gonna have a four hour show here. So go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So um. So some reasons to comment your code, or these are are my top line, is that if you have essentially public methods that other people are going to be consuming, where they're not necessarily, and I'm going to add this caveat, where they're not necessarily drilling into the implementation. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because think of it kind of like an API. So if you have a module or something that someone is going to consume, it's advantageous to have the comments there to understand, okay, how am I going to implement this piece of code, this library, without having to dig into understanding how it does what it does. So I think there comments are important. So you can just say, okay, here it is. How do I use use this without having to understand the implementation? Now, I have a question for you here because, like, for my own internal projects that aren't like externally produced code, I don't follow that (laughs) guiding principle because other developers working on it presumably have access to the implementation or whatnot. So, like, if I was doing a project that's out in public, I would document/slash comment more than I do for Code that's going to be kept in house, for example.
0: Oh, oh, for sure. I, I mean, my my thing is, any publicly available API must be documented. If somebody besides the company that's writing that code is going to access that bit of code, that needs to be documented. Your endpoints, your you know, any of the public methods that you use as an API to uh, let the let somebody, some other company or some other entity access into this program. Or if you are, if they're the connection points, if you're doing like a a SOA architecture and it's the connection points between the SOA, you need to document that because six years from now, when some other junior programmer comes in and they're trying to figure that out, they're not going to have a chance if there's no documentation on those endpoints. So th- those kind of things, I think, must always be documented. Even even the best code in the world at that place needs to be. Um,
2: now, but and just then, because it's a public sorry,
0: method, mm-hmm. it doesn't for me doesn't mean it needs to be documented. If it's a publicly available endpoint, I think is the the kind of distinguishing factor for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe if you have a programming team big enough where you actually have like a library team that gets down and dirty and they develop modules or libraries that other programmers need to consume, then I think commenting that essentially they become your public consumers of it. Right. So you need to document it.
0: Yeah, you can't have outside public consumers in the same company because you're right. And and we have some of that because our team is so large, we actually have different sections. We've got a front-end section that, you know, as I'm working on API and, and um, back-end stuff, the, the, I have to document some of that because the other teams are going to need yeah. to interface with it. Yeah. But, yeah, I've got a lot of public methods that my stuff is talking to each other with, my different objects, I don't document those um, because they're not kind of going outside of the scope of that project.
2: All right. And the, the other place where I do comments is if I feel I need to explain, you know, certain aspects of implementation or why did I take this path versus this? Like if I feel as if I'm taking in this this kind of gets where it gets wishy-washy. If I feel like I'm taking an esoteric path, because I'm sure every programmer is going to be feel different on that, I feel the need to explain kind of why I did what I did. So mm-hmm. like if I ever have, I think I'm doing something kind of non-mainstream or kind of taking a detour, but there's a reason why I did it. Sometimes I will put it in the comments. You know, I'm doing this for this reason.
0: Right, and and I've got... I've had to do that quite a bit in my career. There was one instance when I was doing um, plugin writing for uh, PowerPoint and using .NET. There was a, a very significant bug that we had to write a workaround for, a bug in PowerPoint. And it took us, it literally took us about five months to finally track this down and figure out what the actual problem was. Yeah, it was nasty. And so when we finally put the, the workaround in, we put a comment right in the code and says, this is why this code is here, because the code was just garbage. I mean, it was any anybody coming out of there not knowing that this was to fix a specific problem would have erased the code. You know, even a junior programmer would have looked at that and gone, oh, my God, what are these guys on drugs? What what is going on? So we had to put a comment right there. So don't delete this. This is here for this reason. Here's a link to the explanation of the problem from Microsoft. And here's why we're doing this crazy crap, you know? So, and that's important. Okay.
2: Yeah. And I, I guess my perspective, which is a lot like a lot of others, I think at this point in time is that, you know, you need to rely on the clarity of your code, how you write it as well as the tests instead of comments, because, you know, you definitely need tests and those should be your duplicate as opposed to the comments. Yes. So there's kind of my,
0: yeah, there's one other place where I'll write comments in the code Mm -hmm. internal code. And that's if I'm having to deal with company XYZ client XYZ's weird business logic that, doesn't really make sense in this context but we're trying to deal with it so I'll comment the code sometimes and say we're doing this this way because XYZ has this requirement
2: yeah I'd, I'd still kind of that, that's just my opinion I'd still probably put that under the esoteric kind of decision you know doing it for this reason or explaining why you did something non-obvious Yes.
0: yeah that that's true, and it's only in those cases where you know we're having to make a change to what makes sense in this context
1: because yeah. of this one person or this one customer so
2: all right, did you want to kind of look at the uh the post that don't use yeah. comments use code yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Let's rip this apart. <laughs> no. Most of this is pretty good. There are some things that I kind of disagree with, but uh, like comments are a code smell. Okay. True in general. If I see a bunch of comments in code, the first thing I'm doing is looking at the code and going, um, have your is your code written so cryptically that I need comments? Or is this comment here for a specific reason? Now, that's... Yeah. Comments or code smell. If I'm looking at public API code, that that goes out the window. That sentiment. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I would say, yeah. In most cases, I agree.
2: Um. Yeah. So I'll I'll let you drive drive this here, of course, because you have to. Because <laughs> I have to.
0: I got the little mousey mouse. Um. So yeah, I mean, describing the obvious. Don't. Don't do that. We, we don't need lines like, hey, this create rooms creates rooms. Uh, okay. I mean... Yeah, again,
2: that's that duplication. Yeah.
0: Don't, don't, don't waste and your you, finger strength.
2: Yeah, and if you name things appropriately... That, the point of this is that if you name things appropriately, you should be able to avoid any of these comments.
0: Right. And I can pretty much tell, just by reading this line of code, what this does it's it's not cryptic creates a room five times i don't need a comment for that if he had five times this cr 1012 then you would need a comment and the first thing i'd say to this coder would be why are you naming things cr are you are you really that lazy i mean come on most most languages now have code completion so the first time you define that you you type the first couple of letters and just code complete so let's you know make make the names meaningful um
1: just do it yeah i mean th- this is not hard um magic numbers um
2: And this is basically conveying using constants instead of...
0: Yeah, because one of the things that I ran into a lot of times in, uh, especially in .NET, this, I don't know, it's not a problem with .NET, it's a problem with the community of .NET seems to be stuck on this. And that is, they use a lot of... uh, Numeric indexing, rather than um, than constants and um, named things, Um, so I would see a lot of .NET code that was just sprinkled with numbers all over the place, and that makes it really hard to read. Um, Yeah, that's odd. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, like, you've got an enumerator that's, you know, built with all these things, but they say enumerator zero instead of what the enumerator, you know, it's why. (laughs) And and it wasn't, you know, it's not that .NET can't do that. They, They just, I don't know. I don't know if it's because that came out of Visual Basic, which came out of Basic, which came and it just kind of evolved along those lines uh but the it just seemed to be a stuck mindset for a lot of them um and i'm not trying to knock dot net programmers i i am one but it's a weird thing that you just don't see in the ruby world very much
1: um comments for measurement units yeah
0: this is Kind of silly putting a this six means six hours. Oh.
2: Well, you have to calculate. You have to calculate in, in your head if you don't have a comment there. I mean, I've done exactly this, <laughs> so I'm going to admit uh... to that.
0: See, this is one of those times. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's not that big a comment. And if you're going to do stuff like this, please put it at the end of a line. Don't take up three or four lines of code space doing it, but um, I, I, I... I mean, I it's just, unnecessary, but yeah,
2: I, I, I I put it in there just for convenience when I went, you know, whenever I would go back to it, I, I could just look at it without having to calculate anything. Now, he, but, and then the thing he proposes here is essentially adding additional methods to handle that, and I mean, I suppose you could, but I just never...
0: Well, I think that's a little much for adding methods, too. I.
2: Yeah, know, I mean, I... Yeah.
0: This just... I mean, maybe it's just me, but I could read 60 times 60 times 6. Seconds equals 60 times 60 times 6, and figure out that you're trying to get the seconds in 6 hours. That's not, you know... So maybe this is just kind of a pedantic example. Um. But, yeah, because I think adding new methods in the, for this particular thing is a little overblown as well. But I, I get the idea. And yeah. I agree. If you're having to do something like this, and it's not this obvious what it is, then maybe you should have a method or a little function that has a name so you can say, this is what I'm doing. Um. Don't use comments to separate things. Oh. Yes, thank you. I can't tell you the number of times I've seen this, especially in config files. There's... So... There is a place for comments in config files. I appreciate comments in config files. However, using them as separators, section separators, is annoying. (laughs) I, I hate that. Oh. I mean, just group the the stuff that needs to be in a section together and leave a, an extra space or something. But comments are not separators.
2: And here, what he's proposing is basically putting in in different modules, uh, yeah, yeah, name spaced modules to separate things out, right?
0: Which is actually a good pattern anyway. Not in the case of config files; those are a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it, the separator is the the file, the class, the module
1: that should only have stuff that's in that thing.
0: Um, oh, God, to-dos. I see this all over the place. Now, I, I'm... All right, so here is something that I'm not entirely sure that I agree with. And it depends a lot on which language and which environment you're working with. Um, certain IDEs like the uh, Visual Basic actually will automate a to-do list for you if you put specific to-do comments in. So that becomes a useful thing. Um, if you're trying to just you know, kind of lay out some stuff lay out a new feature let's say you've got a a new section of code you're trying to lay out you can put a bunch of to-dos in there and it generates a to-do list for you so that you can go back and start ticking those things off in in that kind of circumstance you don't want to be opening tickets or or you know putting stuff into a tracking system that's just a huge waste of time this is this is a lot easier but don't don't don't
2: leave them. But those in there. are to-dos for you to complete the implementation of something. It's not something that you're gonna. They're not to-dos you're gonna put in that you're you plan to get back to a month from now.
0: Maybe right? depends on how big the implementation is. But also, I've seen some that I'm not sure I could disagree with because they were like to-do. This specific code needs to be refactored because this. But, it, it, and again, this kind of depends on the system you're working in and the the way you're doing project management, because in our case, how we're doing it at our company, we can't have a crap ton of to-do, little to-do tickets in our system. It, it would completely just bollocks our system up. Um so there's a conscious choice to kind of isolate these kind of little things here now we do we do say you know try to take care of them as soon as possible if i see to-dos in there that have been in there for a year i'm i'm asking questions if it's so important to put a comment in why aren't we doing something about it um but i'm not i mean don't over do this, but I'm not sure I object to that on the whole.
1: Um, Don't add deprecation notes. Well, I mean, okay. I don't know that I've ever actually seen that. Yeah, I don't. Sure, I concur. Don't add after update notes. What?
2: Uh. I think what he's saying is that if you're going to be upgrading to the next version of Rails, then you're going to need to change something about it, if you know ahead of time.
0: Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, but... Okay. I'm not quite catching how that's a comment thing, but... Uh, Oh, yes. Don't use comments as backup. I'll do this a lot as I'm changing things or refactoring stuff. Um, I'll comment out blocks of code and move parts of them and rearrange things, but I'll leave the original there. But I get rid of it before I push my code to, to, um, to the source control, because that's just nasty. If you're going to comment it out, if we're not using it anymore, get rid of it. If you need to see what happened, look at your commit history. Go back through your old versions of code. Yeah, you know? I
2: still have a bad habit where, you know, if I'm going to change the implementation of something or I'm going to, you know, I'll still leave the call commented out and I'll still leave it there. I mean, I know it's all in the Git history, and I can't, but at times I, I kind of leave it in there. Not that I'm saying it's a good practice. It's just, I'm just admitting to some things that I still do from yeah. time to time.
0: And I, I, did, I had a hard time breaking this habit because you didn't used to have the ability to go back at old versions of code and stuff. Unless yeah, quite you were, easily. Yeah. yeah, unless you were like zipping up your code version every, you know. But that's not, that wasn't a reasonable way to do it. So, you know, 20 years ago, this was a good way to back up your code. But it that's ju- it's just not necessary anymore. The problem is it's it's a hard habit to get out of because that's really easy to do. And then 2 weeks from now if I have a problem with the new code, I can look back, well what was this doing before and it's right there instead of going to get github and opening up the old code, but what I what I see and I saw this a lot in the .net more so than in ruby is that I'll end up with I'll see um, code files that are 75% comment of old methods and like four or five different <laughs> versions of the same method over and over and over again.
2: Now, in that case, I mean, but what I do do, yes, I do do, what I do <laughs> is when I go back into that file, because of course, I forget that I've done this. And I go back into this, say, this class file, and I see all these, this commented out code, you know, say a month later, I go back into the file to add a new feature or to, you know, do, make some sort of change. And I see, you know, this 10 lines of commented out code. I'm like, well, clearly this is working because my tests are still passing and there's no customer complaints. I get, a, I get that stuff out of there. So there's no way I would end up with a point of, like you say, 75% <laughs> right. of the finalist comments.
0: Yeah. And I think that happened because it was more of a, there was a bigger team. It wasn't a solo type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I know, and it's I know, because
0: I know. people say, well, this comment was co- le- commented out and left in there. I'm not going to touch it because I didn't comment it out. And then it just keeps, you know, building from there.
2: Yeah, with bigger team sizes, I could see that would be a problem cuz then people don't want to like touch it cuz like oh, they left it there for some, you know, reason or whatever. Right.
0: And there's another reason not to do this too if you're in a larger team size, especially if you're in a team that has to do PRs and stuff, it makes the PRs a lot a lot more of a pain in the butt to review. Uh with when you've got a lot of extra comments and stuff in there. Um It's nice to have your PRs as compact as they can be because typically, if you're doing PRs, somebody has to review them. And if it's a big nasty list of stuff to review, they're gonna just not be happy. I actually never
2: have a problem doing that because I just look because you know it just gives you the diff of what changed in the file. So it does, but well, yeah, but if you have all those comments, yeah, then if that's part of the diff, yeah, that does make it. It gets More of a
0: nightmare, yeah, it gets bad you know yeah. one little thing like this isn't too bad, but as soon as you allow this, then you start allowing seventy five lines of it and then it's nasty, so just yeah this this is just a again opinionated and very dependent on your circumstance. If you're in a team, especially one that does PRs, don't do this. Th- this causes confusion um, with with team members, and it causes more work in the PRs. If you are, you know, one or two, maybe three people, and you have very tight communication, and you can say, "Well, look, I'm going to comment this out. I'm leaving it here for two months to see to make sure we don't need to revert it." okay. Um, but, yeah, be, be careful of this stuff if you're working in a team, because this gets really out of hand really fast. Uh, oh, when comments are okay. Well, let's see. Let's see what he says. Comments is documentation? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, on public APIs, I completely agree with that. Um, if you're doing that on private, methods, I think you might need to reevaluate your methods. Potentially. There's a... I mean, there's always exceptions. There are... I've run into methods where they documented it, and I looked at the code and said, yeah, there's... I see no better way to write this and not document it, so that has happened a couple times, but generally, nah. Um yeah and the magic comment stuff um that's I mean in some languages it's just necessary because they're compiler directives or um like in Ruby, there's the one that to to freeze the strings and things like that, so yeah, it's fine uh yeah and if you're if you're doing comments for documentation like yard or or uh postman or things like that that's that's another thing to consider but make sure you're doing them well because and keep in mind too that you have to maintain those comments just like you have to maintain your code so um because if you comment if you document stuff in comments especially things that are auto-generated, and you go in and make a bunch of changes to your code over the years and you don't update those comments, your documentation is absolutely useless. Uh, You've just wasted all your time putting those comments in. And if it's for a public API, you're going to tick off the consumers of that because your documentation isn't going to match what it's doing. So just keep that in mind if you're going to do comment
1: documentation um and when you have no other tool yeah and this
0: is this is kind of the thing that that we were talking about before where hey this we're, we have to do this weird code here because of some external thing that's going on we need to explain what this is so that somebody doesn't come behind and uh, and get rid of this code because the code's so stupid that no rational person would do it but we have to so here's why Yep. And the TLDL is don't use comments. Uh, I don't use comments probably as much as you are, but there are places where you definitely need to comment. So, I, I don't know that I agree completely with just don't use comments. That needs to be kind of, I guess...
2: Use them sparingly.
0: Yeah. There are reasons to use comments.
2: But in general, yeah. But I thought this had some good alternatives for code to replace comments.
0: Yes, for sure. I mean, if, you're, if your code is not readable, you're not gonna, you, you shouldn't fix that with comments. You should fix it by getting good at coding. Making readable code. So yep. I
2: mean and we should mention this is from com, so that's where we got the post and the link will be in the description below of course. Right. Uh all right.
0: Do we want to have a little Do- fun and just to, to, at the end of the show here and just uh look at some of the funny comments that people have put up over the years.
2: Yeah, so of- this is a post from towardsdatascience.com where someone posted about uh, another post on comments, but at the end, he had bonus funny comments that actually exist. So, Crested
0: found this, and I haven't read any of these yet. So, I'm kind of looking forward to a good laugh here.
2: So, for our <laughs> podcast users, shall I go ahead and read?
0: Yeah, go like ahead. And I'll, I'll blow this up. A Dear
2: maintainer, bit. once you are done trying to optimize this routine and you have realized what a terrible mistake that was please increment the following counter as a warning to the next guy. And it says, total hours wasted here, 73. It says, undeclared variable error on line zero.
1: Okay. Oh my gosh.
0: Exception equals new exception. Something is really wrong. Throw up. Ha ha ha. uh so he's throwing an exception (laughs) i dedicate
2: uh, here's another here's another one i dedicate all this code all my work to my wife darlene who will have to support me and our three children (laughs) hand the dog once it gets released into the public (laughs) oh no
0: (laughs) drunk fix later
2: (laughs) This, this is one of my favorites for the shorter ones Magic, here's the other, uh, another comment. Magic, do not touch.
0: (laughs) They, oh, this next one, I have wanted to put in code so many times because I've just had these disagreements where I'm like, this is a bad thing to do, but hey, you're the boss. They made me write it against my will. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably not the best thing to do, but.
2: And the last one here is, public boolean is dirty why do you always go out and return dirty <laughs>
1: That's funny. so
2: some of these are just you know clever comments to add a little flavor to the code base whereas others are just humorous
0: yeah and i mean have fun with your code if i see comments like this i won't gripe about them about having a comment in there because that's not because you're writing bad code and need to document it. That's because you're just you a fun You need to have person.
2: fun on a Tuesday, <laughs> right? <laughs> so
0: So go for those. That's fine. Um you know, give another programmer a laugh once in a while. We all love that. All right. So anyway, that's the show for tonight. It's kind of a kind of a little lighter one, but um yeah, just uh, just make sure you're paying attention to your comments. Don't don't overdo it, but understand when they're necessary and when you should be writing better code um, so that us old developers don't go and read your code and have a stroke because that would suck. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that show. If you did, please go ahead and mash that like button and don't forget to follow, subscribe, all the... Just mash all the buttons and ding all the bells so you know when we're going live and when we're putting new videos up and all that stuff. Next week, we will not have a show. Oh, no. Oh, no. But we will be back the following week with a oh, mystery topic because we haven't talked about what that will be yet. Um, I think we did. Oh, did we?
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I forgot. It's been a long week. I've been doing support. My brain is addled. But here's some good news. We're on iTunes now! Yay! Finally Yay. got that all straightened out. So all of your favorite podcast suppliers can can broadcast our dulcet tones to you, the listener.
2: Absolutely.
0: All right, so... Uh, make sure you join us on com. sign up for our mailing list so you get our newsletter. Uh, like, subscribe, comment. Uh, don't forget the question of the week. When do you comment your code? Um, and, you know, hey, disagree with us. It's fine. We disagree with each other a lot, so pff, we don't care. I mean, you're wrong, but you can disagree with us if you want to. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Um, We will see you in two weeks.
1: And until then, happy programming. Happy programming.